Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a Tuesday edition, brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast right here exclusively on the Believe Podcast Networks. Desmond Johnson, Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan in the house, all-time leading rusher in Panthers history, Jonathan Stewart in the house. If you want to participate in the show today, you can do so. You got a question, you got a hot take about what we saw at the Super Bowl, uh, anything going, going on with the Panthers, you can do it right here. Go to YouTube forward sl- youtube.com forward slash tobacco road sports radio or at tobacco road sports radio i should say in the address uh find this video you can comment underneath it in the comment section or go to facebook watch you can comment there just like uh our friend just bobby i'm believing again y'all um you can do the same thing you can participate in the show live while we're on we got a lot to get to today um of course super bowl 57 our thoughts on the game chiefs victorious 38 35 uh there's a lot to kind of digest with that kind of wanted a day to sit on it I'm glad we did, though, because this morning, Panthers announced another coaching hire to Frank Wright's uh, burgeoning coaching staff. We'll take a look at there's been three coaching hires since the last time we were on. We'll look at all three of those. So definitely stick around for that. It's also, uh, you know, anytime we're on, it's got to be. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mess it. I'm going to tell you why we mess it. Something. Something's happened in the past six or seven days. It's probably got us a little bit irritated. Probably Super Bowl related. So we're, we're going to get into that as well. Um, and then anything else that pops up, you got questions or whatnot for us, we'll be answering them in real time. Fellas, how was your week? How's everything going? Good. You know, it's kind of Good. depressing a little. A little depressing. Football season is actually over. Over. I was, but, you know, I was going to ask you guys this because I saw the commercials during the Super Bowl. Are y'all going to watch the USFL? Probably. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it maybe if there's nothing on, but I tried I mean, to watch the XFL whenever it was around what before the pandemic, and it just, I don't know, I couldn't get into it like I thought I was going to. Yeah, me, I'm the same. I feel I almost feel like my body rejects it because it's not fall. Like it, it feels weird to watch football in the spring, and it's I just not I, as good either. Like, yeah, it's not as good. <laughs> so, like, you, you, know, you, mean, you pretty much, you pretty much treat it like you know ESPN Ocho, you know. Like when they had a cor- <laughs> I was actually on ESPN. Ocho That's actually yo, ESPN Ocho is a hidden yeah. jewel. <laughs> I was actually on ESPN Ocho doing a uh, cornhole one 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 night, and I actually came in second place with my partner. Really? Pretty fun. Yeah. Yo, I got to find I'm not a huge I'm not a huge cornhole person at all. I was just lucky that night. I got to find that episode for real. Like they have like, <laughs> uh, like lawnmower racing and like <laughs> it's great yeah. like when they take over the like they do it it's like a certain day. Is it like August 8th or something like that? Like every year the ESPN the Ocho takes over and it's like these most random like lawnmower drag races and like <laughs> like dodgeball. It's so crazy. But uh, I was just curious because I saw a commercial for the USFL and I realized Fox and uh, NBC, I think are running it. So it's a legit big time thing. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, before we get too deep in the weeds, let me get a quick word in for our partners over at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, including uh, NFL and bowl season to esports. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your. 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. And where we start today, of course, is Super Bowl 57. Kansas City Chiefs, victorious 38-35 winners over the Philadelphia Eagles. I think did we all picked the Eagles. Yeah, oh, I did. I think I think Stu took the Chiefs last year. I took, 
I took the Chiefs last second. Yeah, I took the Eagles. Yeah, good game. And, and then last, and then and then on social media, I reneged and went back with the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what's your? I mean, we've had a couple of days to digest it now. What's their? What's your biggest takeaway from that Super Bowl? Like in terms of storylines, both the teams, everything else that was going on. Uh, what's the biggest thing that you're gonna probably remember or carry with you coming out of that Super Bowl? Tyler, um, start with you. It could have been the best Super Bowl until it wasn't, or one of the best Super Bowls. And like I, I'm, I'm back and forth on that that call at the end of the game because like by definition of the rule, it probably is a hold. It's a hold. But then again, it's very close to that five yard gray area. And I don't – I'd have to have a better angle of it because, again, you, you have five yards to, to have your contact. And I don't know if he was quite out of that gray area or not. But even then, like, man, it was so, so little contact that I, I don't know if, if I was the official, official on that play. Like, I'm not going to want to be the guy that, that everyone's talking about come Monday morning. Like, I just want to let – whatever's going to happen, happen. And to be honest with you, like, I don't even, and I understand that holding is a different situation or a different call than a DPI, because if it's a hold, it's a hold. It doesn't matter if the ball's catchable or not, but Juju was never getting to that ball. So like, it's kind of a, it, it's a weird play, but I just hate that it had to end in that fashion. Like I think had Kansas city been forced to kick a field goal, that, that could have set up for something really special. Stu, your thoughts? What's your big, uh, your big takeaway? Oh man, Jalen Hurts played amazing game. I mean, it feels like like watching that game. I mean, minus the the fumble, um, he did whatever he wanted to do. Um, even he ran. even even that fumble, the next drive took him right yeah. down for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it was like okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah, get the ball back. Give me the ball back and see what I do. And it just felt like he, going into the game, like watching the press conferences and his interviews and just kind of – just the whole year, how he's carried himself um, with so much confidence um, and so much wisdom, it seems like, from such a young uh, star. I'm, I'm going to label him a star because a lot of people um, haven't, you know, up until the point that he got to the Super Bowl. He's a star, and he proved his worth. He's proved um, what he means to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, without him, like, they're trash. <laughs> straight, straight up. <laughs> straight up. Without him, they're trash. I mean, they got a great defensive line, um, and I think their secondary is okay. Um, but, I mean, he really took control of that game in a lot of ways, running the ball, passing it when they needed it to, when they needed to. Um, and, you know, shout out to AJ Brown, um, mm-hmm. stepping up too in a big way. Um, and just, you know, he's been kind of quiet throughout the playoffs and everyone kind of expected him to show up and he did. Uh, I mean, the Eagles did what they were supposed to do and just didn't end the way it should have. And I think everyone, I mean, everyone's going to always have something to complain about, you know, when it comes to a sporting event. It's the Super Bowl. Like, it shouldn't end that way. <laughs> that's just that's just the way, it, it, like, in your mind, this is where you let guys play. This is where you let the, the nature of the game take over. And it's a physical game. Like... Let these guys get away with a little bit of of a tug, or you know, here and there, because that's that's a that's a to me that's a typical play that happens, and those types of things sometimes are majority of the time are overlooked. Why it wasn't overlooked this time, no one knows. Uh, you know, I was cool. Everything you said, everything Skyler said, I completely agree with, uh, and it does make you kind of leave the game with kind of like a weird taste in your mouth the way it ended. And I was cool with all that until I heard James Bradbury's comments where he was like, yeah, I held him. <laughs> he's like, I was hoping they didn't call it. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go then. I mean, like if the, if the player is saying he actually committed the crime, then it becomes more of an issue of 
okay, we're saying we want the refs to get it right unless it gets in the way of like the last 10 seconds of whatever contest, then we just want y'all to get out the way. Like we don't want you to call anything. And I, that's think, <laughs> like, I think James, I think James Bradbury from a professional standpoint, he answered that the right way. He was yeah. asked the question and he answered the question. Yeah. I held him. Now, should they have called what they called? That's I mean, those, t- that's, that's those, t- those type of plays happen every game. And it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, <wouldn't> <laughs> we, but if they hadn't called it, wouldn't we be still sitting here talking about that play that it was a non-call? You know, like no, it would, we wouldn't have, way, right? we wouldn't have even noticed it. They would if, if they didn't yeah. call if they didn't throw the flag, they wouldn't have even replayed it. It wasn't it that way. Like yeah. to me, it has to be egregious or obvious, and I don't think that play is could be described in either of those terms. Like it was. Just any other play that you would see, like Stu said, I mean, you, you're going to get that every single passing play. J.C. Horn is going to do it every play. Dante yeah, Jackson. Just, just, it's just it's being awesome. aggressive. You're just playing aggressive. Like, off, out, off the line of scrimmage, if you're a, if you're a dog at DB, you're going to bully around the receiver. You're not just going to let him run free reign on any route. So, I feel like that was a routine type of deal. And, yeah, he held – and in the interview, he will have to say, "Yeah, I held him." Because <laughs> if he did, because if he didn't say, if he didn't see, if he didn't say it, then we'd be like, "Well, you're lying." Because yeah, bro, like, we can see <laughs> it right there. <laughs> we My big is like, I don't, I don't think that what he did really impeded Juju's path to the ball. Like, well, he turns he slightly turned him a little bit, but like I said earlier, like he was never going to get to that ball. I don't, yeah. At least I don't think so. So, I mean, I, if he's not impeding him to the ball and it's very close to that five-yard gray line area, like, I mean, what are we doing? Like, it's it's the Super Bowl. Let the players dictate how the game is going to result. How, uh, how likely is it for either one of these teams to return back next year to the Super Bowl? Because you know, I'm going to make a bold statement right now. Ooh. I'm not saying they'll get there, but I think that – Philadelphia has a better chance next year to get back than Kansas City. And maybe it's not that bold because now I think about it, like the AFC, I mean, you got Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Buffalo, yep. Baltimore's going to be healthy again. Like yeah, so- if, if Lamar's there. <laughs> Which is whole thing, yeah, Lamar's there. And he's not in Carolina or somebody. <laughs> All right, I'm just teasing. Put, but put them bobs stuff. out there. <laughs> but <laughs> – but wishful thinking, huh? Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> I, I just think the path is a little easier for Philly. I think Dallas is going to be bad next year, or worse than they were this year. You said Dallas? And yeah, I think they're going to be worse than they were this year, and I just, I just think they can get there. San Francisco's got a lot of quarterback questions. They got a bunch of quarterbacks, but all of them are hurt in some capacity. Yeah. So. <laughs> We'll see. Four of them. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's weird because it almost feels like it should have been San Francisco there. If they just had someone to stand under center for like two quarters, it probably would have yeah. been them, and it probably been a wholly different game. So, um, I my main takeaway actually, some of it's I was a little I wasn't mad about the last call. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. The one the one thing that's gonna stand out to me about this game was the field conditions. That was that might be the worst field I've ever seen in a Super Bowl between the. They said it was like new grass or something. They've been growing for new for two years, hadn't been used or whatever. They roll it out because first I thought they were on turf, and then I'm like, oh no, that's actual grass that they have out there. Why in the world is like 50 percent of the field painted, like the big logo in the middle, and then they had smaller ones towards the end zones of each one. So pretty much there wasn't a whole lot of green on the whole on the whole thing. And you're seeing people sliding and like falling, slipping and falling down. I've seen a couple players say it was the worst field they've ever played on. I have to think it affected the game, uh, especially. Someone say, and it it actually it never crossed my mind. It kind of makes sense. Why would they not allow them to practice on the field? Maybe like a day or two before the, even if it's just a walkthrough, to to kind of gain some knowledge of the surface they're going to be playing on. Number one, but number two, you got to get that field muddied up a little bit. Like worn in. If you look at it, perfect example. And I don't know if, how many people are watching this watch baseball, but when a pitcher gets a new ball, do they ever just take the brand new baseball? It's a shiny white pearl and just throw it. No, that thing they, they you see them take their glove off, they put some dirt on it, they get it rubbed in, 
they, that's how they get the ball to their liking because if you just throw a normal white baseball, you're not going to have a good grip on it. It's going to be slippery. It's going to be shiny, all, all that stuff. I, say, I think of it the same way with the football field. Like if you have a field that's not had any wear and tear to it, it's going to be what you saw. It's going to look like a dang ice rink out there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Stu probably knows more than I do. Like, I would assume that if you have a field that's been practiced on or, or played on for a couple of times, it's going to be a little bit, I don't less less slippery. You have more traction. It sounds weird to say it that way, but I don't know. Yeah. It looked like they were playing on a slip and slide. Like, is that a is that a is that an advantage? I would think it's an advantage to the offense, Stu, as I'm opposed crazy. to because you know where you're going. The defense doesn't know where yeah. you're about to run. So, yeah, the playing surface is definitely an advantage to the ball carrier. If you're a ball carrier, um, you dictate what's happening. Or if you're a route runner, you dictate what's you know what the defense has to um, you know track and whatnot. But, I mean, the slippery situation, I mean, to, to spend two or 800 grand in two years mm. <laughs> on the care of a field to, to only have it be the element that really, like, makes players play worse. <laughs> I, like, I don't get it, like. There has to be some type of like professional expert that says, "Hey, let's actually test the field out before we get these guys on there." Like, I don't care if you have a high school football team, yeah. like that's in the area. Hey, high schoolers, go go use the field right quick to make sure that this thing is not, you know, that is that make to make sure that it's you know to standard. Um, but I think that's the problem, right? I don't know if we have a standard in the league for what surfaces should be and what they shouldn't be. Um, so I think a lot of teams use that to their advantage. If you're in the North, if you're in the South, whatever that playing surface is, I think you as a team, you want to use that to your advantage. So like the Chiefs, for instance, their football field looked horrendous, um, the, that playoff game. Mm-hmm. But for them, they're probably thinking, "Hey, we're used to this, and we don't care if the other, if our opponent is or not." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you and I mean, and especially if you're a team that has an offensive-minded coach, again, if the offense dictates what the defense has to track, like it's to their advantage of whatever the the, the playing field scenario is. I mean, look at I always I always think about um, the Buffalo Bills when Shady McCoy ran for all them yards in the snow. You remember that game? Yep. That surface, that's the worst surface I've ever seen a running back just trample and run for 200-plus yards with ease. I mean, it's to the the offense's uh, advantage, no matter what the surface is. And you got to get that right to where you don't have a defense – slipping all over the place um because the the weather was not the element this yeah, is just your, yeah. <laughs> yeah this was your this was your 800 grand in care <laughs> <laughs> it would almost been better if they played on turf like which we've been railing against all year but at least they would have been able to to grip the field that kind of explains why they scored over 70 points in the super bowl too because the it, it became an offensive game really from the beginning um I had another before I give my other though. Anybody else have a tell them why you mad or anything for the week or you're cooling? Uh, I'm not really mad about anything. Skyler. Uh, I mean, I don't force it. I kind of really touched on the play. I'm not really mad about it, but like, if you just think about the playing surface thing, like, I think the NFL is probably happy that the game ended the way it did versus what it could have ended. And that's what if the kicker slipped on that little chip shot field goal for Kansas city? Oh my God. And that changed the outcome of the game. I noticed they put the ball like in the grass area of like the a or whatever. So it wasn't on actual paint, but the kicker had to run through the paint to kick it. But the ball was actually on regular grass. Like I noticed they specifically kind of got it to that point. And the play before that, I think Mahomes had actually 
downed it, but he moved over a little bit to kind of place the ball. So maybe they were talking about this on the sideline. Um, for me, and then we'll bounce out of the Super Bowl because we got uh, info on coaching hires with the Carolina Panthers, and I know you guys want to hear more about the Jim Caldwell hire. Um, yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I, at the beginning of the game, I texted both of you guys. And I was like, hey, keep an idea on the commercials because usually commercials is something people talk about. It's the Super Bowl. It's going to be a big deal. I was kind of mad that they kind of underwhelmed this year. Like the commercials, I agree. Really, I agree. you know, they weren't really like all that. I did write down a couple that caught my eye, and they were all first half. Like everything after the first, like after halftime. Shout out to Rihanna. Uh, shout out to ASAP, ASAP Rocky. <laughs> my man, yo, my man. Look, when they were sitting in the doctor's office, and the doctor was like, "Yo, you gotta wait six weeks before you do anything." ASAP was like, "Check my name, man." As soon as possible, it's going down. And now, <laughs> Rihanna, hey, congratulations, Rihanna fans, Rihanna Navy. Y'all ain't never getting another album. <laughs> it ain't never happening. Yeah. It, it ain't happening. But uh, I wrote down a couple of the commercials that uh, I saw. Diddy and the Uber One commercial, where he's trying to, they're trying to make, get him to make a jingle for Uber One. Um, Will Ferrell, uh, the, the Chevy General Motors electric. Wow. That was the first one I laughed at. Yeah, that I, I came into the room and saw it. And I was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty funny." Um, there was two movie trailers. The trailers for movies were like the biggest ones for me in this thing. I'm a huge anybody that knows me. You know, I'm a huge comic book nerd. I have been since I was a kid. Kind of went away from it for a while. Now with all the Marvel stuff and everything going on, I'm right back in it. The Flash movie that's coming out in June with Michael Keaton as Batman. That that's that's yeah that that was probably the biggest thing for me seeing that. Um, and the the, uh, the Nike movie Air uh, with Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon playing uh, Phil Knight and whoever signing Michael Jordan to the deal that looked really good. Um, it's been a while yeah. since I'm going to the theater, and both of those movies were like, "Ooh, that looks like somebody I need to go to the theater for." But uh, the one that stuck with me the most is probably because I have two daughters and I have a dog. Uh, there was a commercial for the farmer's dog. Oh where, yeah, yeah, where it was like they get the dog as a puppy. He's with the girl the whole time. Girl grows up to be an adult, has a family. The dog grows up with her and everything. Like, and it just kind of, I don't know, kind of hit a uh, a nerve or harshing for me watching it because I have a dog that's growing up with my daughters as we speak. So it really kind of hit home. So that one stood out. Other than that, it, it wasn't really. I feel like they get worse every year. Yeah. yeah. Not, not worse. I shouldn't say that. I, I, think I got they, 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 They're not as fun. They're not they as fun. It goes down. I got one for you. And I didn't laugh at any of them, <laughs> but I've left thinking about product placement and I thought they did a good job. I don't know about you, but after the Super Bowl, I went on Google and typed in Skechers.com. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart <laughs> and Tony Romo. Something about it. They the, check them. Sketches. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's them or not, but they really sold me on some sketches. Um, like Snoop Dogg, the way he's just so cool and just like you know, whatever Snoop Dogg does, I don't even. It's, it, it, it's cash money. And then you have Martha Stewart at the end of the commercial. Hey, get your feet off the table, man. <laughs> it just it's just Got very you. subtle. Like it just it just it's makes me want to just like yeah, sketchers. <laughs> oh, that's another one. Sketches. That's another one too. Just Bobby brought up Tubi. Were y'all confused when that Tubi thing? Yes. Happened? Very, I, very I confused. Out, as soon as it happened, I started searching for my remote because I literally thought that I, my, either I or my dog had bumped it and started changing. I was freaking out. It was just was me. Like, what is wife. going on? It was me and my wife in the room. My wife's not even paying attention to the Super Bowl. She's watching something on a laptop, and we're sitting across from each other. And I saw it starting to happen. I'm like, "What? what wait, whoa, whoa, what's going? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> like, what's going on?" I'm, and no, the remote's right. in my hand. The remote is in my hand. I'm, I'm gonna let y'all. Y'all might. Y'all might think I'm crazy about these sketches. But the reason why I'm in <laughs> the reason why the sketches spoke to me is because I'm a guy that wears these. Yeah. Okay. I have these on every day. Those are clean too. These are my monarchs. Yeah. Air monarchs. These are my dad's shoes. You can tell that they are worn, um, and they're comfortable, okay? So when them sketches came out on that commercial, I was like, well, well, dang. 
Maybe I need to switch up. Okay. So I shout saw out some, to Nike I, making monarchs. I, I saw some backlash on Twitter about Snoop even doing the Skechers ad. Like, what are you doing in the Skechers ad, Snoop? I'm like, he's getting that money. That's what he's doing. Getting that money, getting paid, he's man. Five years old. I don't understand. I, I love confused. And me and my wife looked at each other at the same exact moment when that dang YouTube commercial came on. And it was showing like the balloons or whatever it was, the UFO thing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> hold on a second. Are we being duped or, or like, is this just extremely like ironic that that commercial just happened? They shot down like three more over the weekend. And I'm I, don't, like, I don't even know what's going on with all that. We won't even go. I, I, don't, through that. I don't know. It freaked me out a little bit. I ain't going to lie. Oh I don't God. believe anything I see on social media and the videos because I feel like everybody can like, Doctor. legit do some type of editing to any video to make anything look real these days these this new ai stuff that's coming down the pipe where like the, the deep fakes and all this other stuff it's gonna get to a point where like you can't even tell if this actually happened and like my wife was trying to keep me uh in the news with hey they shot down another thing they don't know what it is or said it was the size of a car or something i'm like first of all why is china still in 1983 like why are they using balloons <laughs> like to fly over like I, none of it makes any sense so like i don't know we won't get any of that because i know that's why not why the folks are here they're not here to hear about chinese weather balloons but uh <laughs> those were the main <laughs> those are the main commercials i saw other than that um shout out again shout out to rihanna uh yeah to all the rihanna people the super bowl haters about oh man the Super Bowl halftime show was so underrated. Mm -hmm. I was expecting them to you know bring somebody else out and all this stuff. Like yo, look, Rihanna performed pregnant, right? Okay, and I'm pretty sure somewhere along the lines they had to do a full 180 <laughs> on what their performance was going to be because they were like oh. She you're pregnant. Okay, you cool. You didn't tell us that when you signed so, up for this. <laughs> so, so, but like for her to even have the courage to go and, and continue and for them to, you know, figure out what type of performance measures needed to, you know, keep her safe. I mean, I actually think one of the dancers almost fell off one of the, uh, oh my God. the platforms Yo, they were in, like in the sky. Feet. Yeah, they were like 50 yeah, feet man. in the air. Uh, yeah, these people I, are putting their lives on the line. To, yeah, to make I can do that. Still <laughs> entertained. So <laughs> the layout looked like, good. Uh, the whole relaxed. I like the whole thing. But again, I'm I'm in that boat where I'm. It's okay to be both. It's okay to be like Rihanna's performance was good, and to also acknowledge it's not going to top last year. Like to me, like that. That's where I am. Like I don't think anything is going to top last year or Prince. Like those two was kind of where we were at last week. Those yeah. seem like the two that were up there. And yes, yeah, she didn't have any guests. Um, I kept expecting one to come out. There was a moment my, my wife did stop watching whatever she's watching to watch the halftime show. And I saw <laughs> that uh, there was like 120 million people to watch the halftime show and 115 million to watch the actual game. <laughs> so like more people watch the halftime show than the football game itself. And uh, when all the lights came on, we both looked at each other like, would she bring Kanye West out here? Nah. <laughs> would she, would she I thought that? she was bringing Jay-Z. Well, right I, after that, Run This Town. She did Run This Town. I was like, she bring Well, mind you, this was a Rock Nation, you know, Super Bowl halftime production. Right. So Jay-Z could have been like, yo, I'll help you out, Reed. But no, Jay-Z's Jay-Z. Jay-Z just got paid seven fifty. Okay, yeah. $750 million, Okay. Off of, uh, that. Duce, off of, yeah. off of that Duce. Soldiers uh controlling yeah. rights or whatever. Um, so shout out to Jay-Z for just you know setting the blueprint. Like, I mean, he had an album called Blueprint, like, and he tried to tell us that he had the blueprint, and no He's one's listening. He's a business. <laughs> um, yeah, business I guess man. it felt like she was kind of paying homage to Kanye. I've seen some shots where uh, that whole performance, he's Kanye's done that. The hovering platform, the big red coat, all that stuff that people were saying she was trying to pay homage to him. And by throwing that in there, she was able to do it before a split second. Me and my wife looked at each other like, she wouldn't bring Ye out here after the whole year that just, would she? <laughs> she wouldn't do that, would she? And then she never did. And it ended she up being a billionaire. She's she a billionaire. billionaire. She'll do whatever she wants. 
that was my whole point. That's why I was mad at folks online getting at her because I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. She even got to be here. <laughs> she ain't got, doesn't she even just got mad out of nowhere, dude. <laughs> she even Calm got to down. be here. She a billionaire. She ain't put an album out in six years, and y'all sitting there complaining about her performance. Oh, I expected more. What did you want her to do? They even did the tootsie roll <laughs> during the yeah. performance. Like, what did you want from this woman? I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's gonna make it harder to get other people to come and do the halftime show. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week about who could be in Super Bowl halftime uh, in the future. I don't, I don't really care for him, but I, I was just Googling some names just to see who I could think about. Justin Bieber's probably going to end up getting one at some point. Hmm. And I, I don't really care for it, but it's going to happen. I can I'm a that. Justin Bieber fan. You are? It's, it's weird. Oh, yeah. I, I've come around on that kind of music. I remember back in the day hating like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all that oh, stuff. I'm, I'm huge Man, on that. I sing, yeah. in the, I sing in sync in the car anytime it comes on at 45. Like, <laughs> I don't know where, yeah. I don't know how I know the words. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to Carson Daly and TRL, I guess, because apparently <laughs> it got burned into my brain 20 years ago. And now it's just now. The main thing I know, uh, the main reason why a lot of you guys are here uh, are the coach, the coaching hires uh, for the Panthers of the past week. Um, Let's let's go back, not for today, but uh, let's go back to about four or five days ago. So about February tenth. Um, let's get let's get this in. Dom Capers, maybe a familiar uh, name to Panther faithful. He is back. Um, he has agreed to terms with the Panthers to return as a senior defensive assistant. It's the same role he had last year in Denver with uh, our new defensive coordinator Ijiro Evero. Um, and they also agreed to terms with Josh McCown to be the new quarterbacks coach. Let's let's start with Capers. He was the first coach in Panthers history. Uh, start was coaching here in 1995, inaugural season. Uh, took him to the NFC West title in year two, and the NFC Championship game uh, where they lost to Brett Favre in Green Bay. I remember that uh, in '96. Uh, he won Coach of the Year honors in '96. They were 12 and four. Uh, he's been a head coach for the Texans and he's done a lot of assistant work. He's won a Super Bowl ring. Remember that Panther fans. Cause that's going to be a, a, a running theme here <laughs> for the rest of this episode. He won a Super Bowl ring as defensive coordinator with the Packers. Uh, he's also been coordinator with the Dolphins, Jags and Steelers. And he also was in the USFL. Uh, he's got over 37 years of experience in pro football. And he, the last four seasons, he's been in Jacksonville, Minnesota, Detroit, and just recently, in Denver where the Broncos had a top 10 defense um, with him and Evro there. Uh, before we go over to McCown, let's get your thoughts on this hire here for uh, Dom Capers coming as a senior defensive assistant. Uh, Skyler, let's start with you in terms of uh, thoughts on the hire and how does this help uh, Evro? Evro? I mean, it's, it's going to be huge. Uh, I, I, I kind of, thought this is what could happen as soon as ever got the job and you know you kind of figure Sean Payton's going to want his own guys in Denver and even though Dom Capers is a very well respected coach he's probably still going to have his own guys so I figured this was going to be a possibility and for Jiro I mean it looks like these two guys have a really good relationship they haven't worked a ton together but they have a ton of mutual respect for one another and I think really it's going to help because Dom's been here. He knows what it takes to be successful. And even though it was years ago, some of the same things still apply. So I think for Evero, you need to have some some veteran help on, you know, on your defensive staff. We've seen that over the years that it can definitely help a ton. And I think, you know, with Evero, I mean, he's still very early in his coaching career. I mean, he's only been a coordinator for a couple of years. So, like, you can get if you can get a guy like Dom Capers, that's going to help you immensely. So, I love the hire. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the only guy that Carolina will bring in that has previous head coaching experience. Don't have any names to shout out, but I, I do think that you're going to see some more seasoned guys on that side of the ball, too. And don't forget, we still don't know the role of Deuce Staley, who's apparently I don't know if it's been official or not. Apparently, he's going to be is it official that he's with the staff? We just don't know what he's going to be yet or what I can't that? remember if they announced the official agreement but I don't think they have I can't remember I'm not really sure on that one I have to double check 
Okay. And then, uh, Stu, I want to get your opinion on the offensive side uh, with the Panthers bringing in um, Josh McCown to be the new quarterbacks coach. Um, it's It feels like it's leaning towards them drafting a quarterback with some of the positions and things that they've picked up. Um, McCown's 43. He actually played here as a backup quarterback in 08 and 09. So yeah. he played <clears throat> So I spent know. I spent two yeah I spent two years with Josh. Uh, me and Josh are good friends. Tell us um, a little bit. Yeah, he's he's one of the best men um, I've ever encountered. Um, the most authentic human beings. Um, and so I mean, as far as them getting him as a coaching hire, this is a guy that's going to be able to not just develop a uh, you know the position, um, but to de- de- help develop you know the man. Um, and, and how to be a professional and how to carry yourself and how to study the game, how to know the game. I mean, everywhere he's been, he's been, you know, a player coach even, you know what I'm saying? So to have, you know, a guy that's played backup and, and has played on, you know, several different teams um, and to be brought in by so many teams says a lot about him as a player. Um, and, and probably even more so about him as a, as a person because there's value in having someone that can relay the message and being able to um, articulate, you know, what the objective is to the player. Um, and I think he does that well. Um, he knows the game in and out. I mean, shoot, he almost got the Texans head coaching mm-hmm. job. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he probably looked at that situation or – everyone as a whole and said, ah, oh, this might be a nightmare. If you take this <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, rightfully so. I mean, I think this is just an opportunity for him to really showcase what he can do, um, you know, as a coach in the NFL. And I mean, I, I think at some point we're going to see Josh McCown be a head coach somewhere. That's how I feel about him. He's had a long NFL career. He played 17 years uh, in the NFL. Um Played for just about everybody too. 12, 12 teams. Yeah, he played from two thousand. Actually, I'm going on eighteen years. Played from two thousand two to two thousand twenty. Uh, it's his first coaching role. But I just, I really, I, I just thinking of what they're doing. Reich is the head coach. McCown is a quarterbacks coach to kind of, like you just said, Stu, to kind of mold a young quarterback into a leader, so to speak. You want a guy in that position that's kind of been there, done that, seen it all, not just for himself, but he's backed up a lot of different quarterbacks, a lot of different styles. It's making me feel like guys like Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, maybe even Lamar Jackson to a certain extent, they're not in the plans for the Panthers. Like, they're going to go draft a quarterback. Like, I I feel like they're really going to draft one. And I I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine, uh, from the four-man rush that, that do a lot of Panther analysis on Twitter. And I told him a couple days ago, I was like, I think this is the week where my mind shifted completely to Anthony Richardson at Florida. Like, I, I think I'm settling on him as the one that I want them to, to go for. Because I'm still kind of weird about them trading up multiple picks to get up three or four spots for C.J. Stroud, although that feels like that's where the smoke is. Um, McCown just put out a video uh reviewing Stroud like right before he got hired like on YouTube or whatever so there's some synergy there there's something about Richardson though that I keep coming back to it's just like the raw like his size his arm and I'm thinking of the playbook like you can do so many different things with this dude if you just get him get his fundamentals and all that stuff right from the very beginning and if you're gonna do that having Reich having McCown uh Staley in the building you're gonna have dudes that have been there they've been in the mountaintop they've won things have I've seen greatness and if you're going to bring in a guy like Richardson that's basically raw clay at that point do it then do it right there like why go get Lamar Jackson where you can get a kid that's four years younger that you can kind of mold to be that next kind of type of QB what we just saw in the Super Bowl it, it's a clear indication that's the way the NFL is going you got to have a quarterback yeah. that can move around you can't have the Tom Brady Peyton Mannings anymore just stand there all all the top quarterbacks in the league. Who are the top five quarterbacks in the league right now to you? Patrick Mahomes. Burrow. Herbert. Burrow. Herbert, yep. Allen. Uh, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Hurts. All five of them move around. All of them. None of them just stand there. Uh, 
Some of them, it's like probably a close six. Yeah, so, and, he, and Lamar, Lamar too. Like yeah. I don't even want to call them run first quarterbacks anymore. Like to no, me, that's they're almost run, they're, 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 they're running around so that way they can get a pass off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying not to attack. Complaining on Facebook about well, McCown's not. You know why? Why are they hiring a guy that has no coaching experience? Look, just because a guy doesn't have prior coaching experience doesn't mean he's not qualified for the job. You all have to get a start somewhere. And I think for McCown, if you just go and watch that C.J. Stroud video that where he died, you know, dissects everything about him like you just brought up, there's also a Bryce Young one too. Just mm-hmm. listen to that 35, 36-minute episode, and you're going to be blown away by how intelligent he is. And I think he's going to do really, really good things. And, and like Stu said, I think he's going to be a head coach. And if they hit on this quarterback in the draft, if that's the, the way they go, He's going to be a head coach probably in two, three years because he's going to have a lot of, you know, good things from that. So that plus back to the Richardson thing, like I agree. And if you're going to take a guy like that, now is probably the time to do it. I'm just I can't get there on Anthony Richardson. I can't. I'll get you there. We got some tools. I just can't. (laughs) I'll keep nudging you. It'll be okay. We've seen these guys year after year after year where you just sit and you watch them throw the 65-yard dart and the arm just blows you away. We saw it with Zach Wilson last year. It was Malik Willis. This year it's Anthony Richardson. All those guys can do that. But at some point you have to be able to hit guys deep down the field. You have to be able to read defenses. And I've watched at least three to four – Anthony Richardson games, full games, like watch the entire thing. And I've just not been there with him. He he doesn't complete passes at a high enough level. He's very up and down. Not saying that that can't get ironed out, because if you go back and watch Josh Allen's tape in college, I thought the Bills were out of their mind for taking him where they took him because he was the same way. So maybe you strike go, you, you strike again and, and he becomes like a Josh Allen, but – that'd be okay with me if, that, if, if his baseline is josh allen then hey yeah <laughs> come on in here i'm yeah. just, I'm just thinking, I'm like, about to say that's that's a that's a bad comparison for your you're banking on him becoming josh allen and yeah. that's a big ask that's a big big ask or he becomes i, I don't want to go this far but like a almost like a jamarcus russell oh oh but, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, my. You went. <laughs> yeah. No, not not that far. Not that far. I just couldn't think of any other quarterback. And I, what I other quarterback has has that build and frame that didn't really pan out. I'm trying to think. It didn't pan out. I yeah. got some things about Jamar, Jamarcus Russell. I feel like there's a lot of. He was thrown into a, a situation where. He was a lot of. There was a there was a lot of gray stuff going on that didn't coach? really allow him to be successful. Who was the coach? The, wasn't, the, wasn't the Raiders coach when they drafted him? Wasn't it the uh, the offensive line dude? I can't remember his name. Um, I don't even know. It wasn't Michelle. It was oh, – they weren't good. They weren't good at all. Um, Hold on. I, I'm going to figure this out. But there was, the, there was too many co- – there was coaching changes there yeah, that yeah. didn't allow him to be successful. So when you have a coaching change, you might have a Jamarcus Russell. That coach might not like Jamarcus Russell. So he, what does that mean? <laughs> he didn't keep himself in the greatest of shape either, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, didn't, he wasn't. He, he did, definitely didn't, you know, self-motivate himself to to get things, you know, done in a measure. But, you know, sometimes you got to have the right people around you to wow. help you and guide you to success. It? Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Oh, that's right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, did, did y'all hear about the story about the tapes with Jamarcus? The tapes? No. The highlight tape or the the film that he was supposed to watch? Have y'all ever heard that story? Uh, how they were trying to make make layer like, hey, did you watch film? He's like, yeah. And yeah. then pretty much caught him in the lie. <laughs> they handed him blank tapes. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that story. I do remember that story. Oh but that God. for but that but that for instance, right? You really setting the guy up to to fail, right? If you know he's not watching film, get him to watch film. Don't try to trick him into like this whole like, see, I told you you weren't watching film. If you want your first round draft pick to watch film, 
Figure it out, coach. Yeah. Not rocket science. Hey, we're gonna watch film together. How about that? Ah, see. Now the you know what I'm saying? that would that to me would stem from a great coach. Hey, you not watching film? Okay. Well, be here at four o'clock, fella. And mm-hmm. we're gonna get this film watched. Or you could do like uh the cards did and have to write it in the contract for Kyler Murray that he's gotta what was it? He had to watch a certain amount of tape or he couldn't play a certain amount of video games. It was something weird like they wrote in there yeah. that he got called on. Um and then uh this morning, like I said, I'm kinda glad we waited. We were gonna go yesterday. We decided to wait to go till today, and I'm glad we did because right before we came on two hours before, right around 9.30, Darren Gant reporting uh, from Charlotte, Panthers agreeing to terms with Jim Caldwell to become a senior assistant. He'll report directly to Wright. He'll help the team on offense, defense, and special teams. Um, he was one of the nine coaches that interviewed for the head coaching job. He's the second from that group to actually join the staff along with Idro Evero, the new defensive coordinator. Um People, uh, I'm up here in Kernersville in the triad. People will know Jim Caldwell's name. He coached for Wake Forest, uh, left that job, took a job in Indy, coached Peyton Manning. Uh, they won Super Bowl rings together uh, in Indy. Um, Frank Wright worked with Caldwell in Indy. Uh, Wright was the quarterback's coach when Caldwell took over as the head coach when Tony Dungy retired. Um, Caldwell's also coached the Lions. Went to the play. He took the Lions to the playoffs four times. Uh, well, no, <clears throat> he went to the playoffs four times, uh, during that period and had five winning seasons. Uh, he also won a Super Bowl ring as offensive coordinator in Baltimore. Remember, like I said, keep that in mind. So, Jim Caldwell, Super Bowl ring, Don Capers, Super Bowl ring. Um, who else have they brought in here? Um, do Staley got a ring? Uh, he should have with Philly, yeah. Yeah, so Staley's got a ring. Um, who else has been added to the staff? I think pretty much everyone that's been added on I mean, has he some kind of experience. He's not an ad, but um, I'm assuming Campin won one with Green Bay, right? Uh, it would have been 2010. No, nah, I think he was still playing. Uh, he might have still been playing back then. Um, hmm. But he's widely considered probably the best special teams coach in the game, if not at least top five. So. Tabor. Tabor, where did he come? He came from the Bears. Tabor's special teams, Campin's O line. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hmm. Thoughts on was the O line coach in Green Bay from 07 to 17. So, oh, so he did. Yeah. Because they won in 2010. You said 07 to 17, right? So, yeah. So you got him. We got him more. Yeah. So years of coaching experience on this staff right now. Shout out to John Ellis uh, that posted this on Twitter. A couple hours ago, Frank Wright, 17 years coaching experience. Ezro Evero, 15 years coaching experience. Deuce Staley, 12 years. James Campin, 19 years. Chris Tabor, 14 years. We didn't mention Peter Hansen that got hired uh, for the staff. I, I didn't see Linebacker, what position, yeah. linebackers coach. Uh, he's got uh, four years experience. Uh, Josh McCown, zero as a coach, but 19 as a player. Dom Capers, 35 years. Jim Caldwell, 17 years. The average NFL coaching experience on this on this staff right now is 14.8 years in the NFL, which is complete about face from the staff we had before <laughs> uh, with Matt Rule and his guys where he was just bringing in his college buddies. And remember, we played the comments two weeks ago when Tepper and, and Wright had their press conference, and Tepper said it out loud. He he, I mean, I guess we should believe him <laughs> when he says these things because he when he says something – he usually goes out and just does whatever it is he just said. He don't really sugarcoat it at all. He's like, I want the best of the best. If like we're hiring an offensive coordinator, I want to just bring in some dude you know who are the top five offensive coordinators in the league, and I want to talk to all five of them and see who fits our program. Who's the DC? Who's all these yeah. different positions? They're building a staff. Like, <clears throat> give me your thoughts on this, Stu. Give me your thoughts on the staff as you're seeing it being created and graded like what What are your thoughts as you if you were a player and you're seeing them build this what, yeah. what would you be thinking right now well, i mean as a player you know going through coaching changes and the transition um you got to be mindful of the opportunity um this is a fresh slate uh, for a lot of guys um you know you know previous coaching staff you know players players were added to the roster um, because previous coaching staff liked certain guys or whatever it is and, and we're pulling for certain guys. Um, this is a fresh slate. So now you get a chance to go into the offseason and, you know, 
look at the you know look at what Frank Reich and and the Colts were doing and the Philadelphia Eagles were doing. You know, if you're an offensive guy, look what look at what they were doing as, as a unit. And if you're a running back, look at the running backs and and the style of running they were doing. Like out to me, I would be excited. Um, looking back at <clears throat> when we um, transitioned to Coach Rivera from Coach Fox, um, you know, it was made known to me through some vets, like, hey, this is this is a this is a fresh slate, you know. Just because you was in good graces with Coach Fox, don't mean you're gonna be in good graces with the next coach, you know. <laughs> and so, um, so it was like a, it was almost kind of like a, a hitting the reset button, you know. And 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 every year from that point on, I had that same mentality because every year has to be a reset. Whatever was done last year, you might as well get rid of it because there's a whole like there's 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 the player there's players added there's coaches added there's there's some type of ingredient added every year that changes the game and so the mindset is man this is an opportunity um you got great coaching staff coming in um guys with experience so you should be looking forward to being coached well um you should be eager to ask questions um, you know, defensive side of the ball, what offensive side of the ball, special teams, like, hey, like, you know, if there are certain things that you want to be better better at, at you know, going into the, the offseason, you know, approach your coach, your head, you know, your position coach. Whenever all that stuff is, you know, laid out in the sand, you know, figure out how to be better this year than last year um, and, and should be excited because you see now, the caliber of coaches that are coming in, they've been there and they've done that. So this is an exciting time for the fans and the players because the fans should know that, well, dang, we thought our guys were pretty good last year and had chances last year with this coaching staff. It's a game changer because that's what it's all about. It's about elevating these players and putting them in positions to excel every week, weekend, and week out. And I feel like Frank Wright, Mr. Tepper, and, um, you know, Scott Fitter, they're doing a great job of getting these guys in. We need to uh, – uh, the, the, the faction of fans that were two weeks ago saying that, you know, David Tepper didn't want an African-American head coach, blah, 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 racist, yada, yada, yada. We're like, nah, we didn't catch that vibe. Y'all need to go check the roster now because since that happened, the dude has hired uh, Evero as his defensive coordinator – He's brought in Deuce Staley on the offensive staff. Uh, Jim Caldwell's been brought in as a senior assistant. Uh, it, I mean, I, I, think Jim Cal- <laughs> I think Jim Caldwell is like, I kind of got chilled. Like, I get when I saw that we hired him, I got chills. Um, when you get a guy that is well respected um, throughout the whole entire league, um, I mean, Frank Reich is respected throughout the whole entire league, but Jim Caldwell has proven has 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 success has a proven record of success as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, um, and you know he coached with the Tony Dungies. You know what I'm saying? So you have this like seasoned person that you can like confine that you can like. Hey, what do you think about this? Are we doing this the right way? Should we be doing something different? Like, it's like, I don't know. It's like the checks and balances that are that that's going on within this program right now. It's amazing, and, uh-huh. and to have a coach that is willing and and, and a, that has gives the allowances for the checks and balances, like that's hands down like all you want from a head coach because you really delegate me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like, I need you to do this and do it well. I need you to do this and do it well. And if I'm not doing something right, I need you to tell me. <laughs> yeah, you, you nailed it. That's it. <laughs> like, that's um, what it is. The And the teams I've been around on the high school level here is the same way. The ones that are really good, I have a saying, there's teams that have good teams and then, like, they might have a great year and then they fall the next year. They're up and down. And then there's certain schools that are programs. They're good every year. And every single one of them, what you just said, Stu, is the same. The head coach at the top, he's a really good delegator. He understands his role. He knows what he's there for. When 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 it when it hits the fan, they're all going to look at him. And he's got 
the best offensive coordinator in the area, the best defensive coordinator, the best special teams guy, the weight room dude. Like they they all are the best at what they do. And the other schools look at that guy in that position. That's the dude that I want to get someone on my squad that's similar to that guy. And that's what it feels like they're building in Carolina. Um, it's weird to talk about them making moves without like a laugh track or like, you know, or like people that aren't fans of the Panthers po- like pointing. Ah, I see who you signed. Ah, look at that. That's not going to work. I haven't heard any of that the past like week or two. Like people kind of keeping their mouth closed when it comes to the Pans right now as they're doing this, and our attention is going to shift. People getting scared. People getting scared. That's what they is. NFC is wide open. You get past Philly and San Francisco, it's like it's really it's really about to not be wide open. It's really about to be Panther Nation. About to shut this thing down. (laughs) Like I'm so. I wasn't this geeked at all during any year of the Matt Rule era because all that came with a little touch of. What I told you about what I told you about that. What we're not supposed to talk about him. Did I call him uh it's Frank Wright? He who should not be named. We passed we we passed the future. Like the way I look at it is it's kind of like a diet. Okay. Like if you if you commit to your diet and you work out, you go to the gym and you stay committed to it, your fat has nowhere to go but to leave your body. And it's kind of the same way with the like an NFL team. Like if you're building a team, you've got talent, you add experience and you commit to retaining that, that talent and that experience on the coaching staff, your team has no chance to do anything but to win. Like you're, you're not going to lose. Like You're going to be set up for success. If you commit to that, you're going to have success. There's no way that you can have that much talent, that much experience on your staff and lose. It just man, that feels, was well put. That was so well put. Good. Good job, you're a Scott. great man. You do you write for a living? <laughs> so much pay you. So much to pay you. Put that pearls on paper. Um, the uh, I, I just I don't know. It's a weird spot to be in. It's a happy spot to be in. I feel like the franchise is in good hands going forward. Um, quarterback, of course, is going to be the main thing we look at over the next couple of weeks. We didn't get to it today. We'll probably save it for next week. But there's a whole debate of should we draft a quarterback? Should we go after a quarterback? based on what they're doing with the staff to me, like I said, to me, it looks like they're trying to build it so they can groom a guy and fitters comments, Tepper's comments. It sounds like that they're on the same page, but we all have been like, we don't know if this is the draft to do that in like, this isn't Malik Willis at eight. Like it was last year where we were, me and Skylar were literally talking ourselves into Malik Willis at eight by the time we got to the draft and looking back on it. I think both of us are just like, like, even though we went through our troubles at quarterback, I don't know if Malik Willis at eight would have fixed that. Uh, you would have had Malik Willis and no left tackle. Yeah. So Malik Willis probably would have one leg <laughs> at this point because there would have been nobody protecting his blind side uh, all season long in Carolina. I you just... know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually spend the next week actually dissecting the quarterbacks that are in this draft because I couldn't tell you firmly what I actually believe because I only see what I see with little highlight clips here and there. And so I can't really say what we should do in the draft. But I know whatever we do, we got the coaches to to really, you know, reel it in and, and get the job done. So shout out to I'm a, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm going to make sure I go and watch these these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks, these Man, young gangsters. A film, a film session before the draft on one of these guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Pick, um, we should we should all pick a quarterback. Okay, there you go. Cool. So, like, I mean, who are the top? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, is in there. Oh yeah. Uh, which, what was his name again? Uh, Will Levis. Will Levis. Uh, Anthony Richardson. That's four. Uh, is that it? Can maybe throw Hendon Hooker in there, but I'm not high Ooh, on him. I was high on Hendon. Um, everyone seems to be ragging him because he's 25, and I'm like, I don't care. Like y'all act like 25 is old. Like you know what? Brandon I Weeden be 25 right now. <laughs> 25. Brandon, Brandon Weeden ruined it for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Winkie. Oh yeah, <laughs> Chris Winkie. He's 27, 29, or however old he was. Um, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. I, I just I don't know. I we'll we'll see going forward here. We got a lot to discuss with the quarterback stuff. They still have slots to fill on this coaching staff, but it's starting around in the form. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll hear more about what Deuce Staley's role is going to be. They still don't have an offensive coordinator yet. I thought Frank Wright said at the press conference he would prefer to call the plays himself, but that doesn't – I mean, oh, they're, they're still going to have OC. You know? They'll, probably, um, they'll probably make that announcement this week. 
Yeah, so sometime this was by the time we get back, they'll probably have some sort of offensive coordinator in place. Um, so we'll we'll see. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, just Bobby, I graduated with Hooker. I was calling football games for uh, for Hendon during that that season that Dudley won the state 4A championship. Uh, I was super – actually, he probably should have won the Heisman if he hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, we'd probably be talking about Hendon as one of these top four quarterbacks if he didn't get hurt at the end of the year. So I was high on him. That's more of a project type thing because he's coming off the ACL. We'll dig into all that stuff over the next couple of weeks. Um, guys, anything else y'all want to chime in here before we get out of here? Yeah, before we go, if it was a perfect if it, if it was a perfect world, what quarterback would you want coming into Carolina? It could be draft, draft. it could be draft. it could be a vet, it could be anything. 2015 Cam Newton. You only be I'm talking about what's out, but I'm talking about what's out there right now. You can't have that. Uh, you only I'm, be honest. Uh, yes, I now, I don't know. I mean, you're talking perfect world, so it would have to align with the money and everything. But I would want Aaron Rodgers. Really? You get Aaron Rodgers, you can still take maybe a Hendon Hooker in the fourth or fifth round. You can have him sit behind him and learn. You have a chance to win a Super Bowl right away. Just I'm, tired of, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers' act. Like he just... You won't be tired if he wins a Super Bowl, though. No. I would. <laughs> like great job, Aaron. Good job, buddy. Um, does have he has he does have ties with the offensive line coach. He does. I perfect world. My first reaction was to say Lamar Jackson, but I think I've talked myself off of Lamar because he hasn't finished the past two seasons on the field. Um, and we just went through that with McCaffrey. Do I want to give him two hundred million guaranteed and he's playing like twelve games a year? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. If I, you don't want to pay this dude fifty million guaranteed a year? Like I don't know. And someone, I, somebody said, I think it was Fitter actually, where he was like, the average age of the team is blah blah blah, twenty five, twenty six, or whatever. Do you want to bring in a quarterback that's ten years older than the rest of the team, or do you want to mold a guy that's around the same age as the team so he grows with them? Because uh, you're gonna have to get another quarterback in a couple of years if you get Rodgers, right? Maybe even the year after. Actually, I retract that statement. If we're talking perfect <laughs> world, yeah, we're talking Patrick Mahomes gets disgruntled in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. I want to go to Patty Mahomes is hoisting Lombardi in Carolina. So yeah. you mean you see my you so you mean my man just won a Super Bowl and yeah, he just goes he's, he's goes to Kansas and City in in April and just like ah, I'm tired of this place. Yeah, you know what? I want to go to Charlotte. I demand a trade. That's where the real barbecue is, is in Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this play the city barbecue. Right here. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Well, well, let me let me marinate on that a little bit because I, I got to yeah, figure this we'll out. Come back. We'll hey, come back I just got, I just looked at my phone. It says from TMZ. This is not not even messing around. Patrick Mahomes revealed Monday that Andy Reid threatened to bench any Kansas City Chiefs player, including him, if he left to watch the halftime show. <laughs> well, hey, I'm just saying, maybe that's the start. That's just the start. They just pull it up on their phone. <laughs> just pull it up on your phone in, in, the, in the locker room, right? Or don't they have TVs or something in the locker room? It's 30 nah, minutes. It's a Super Bowl. You better stay, <laughs> you better stay somewhere focused. <laughs> the fact that he had to reprimand him, like, don't y'all try to go sneaking down that hallway to watch me on. I know how it is. <laughs> I know no one could see it, but, like, could y'all actually hear the halftime show in the locker room? Bro, I can't even tell you. Like, I think I was, I was, I was focused on my foot. To just stay warm right. and move, and Yours I'm pretty sure I might have. Yeah, I don't even remember. Like, but apparently Beyonce was the show. It was half halftime, right? Well, no, was yours, was, yours was Cole. Yeah, Coldplay, uh, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars uh, was yeah. the halftime for yours. So I'm trying like, to remember I was, the performance. I was I was clearly locked into to some type of time zone. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to focus. <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna uh, we, we uh we're out of time. We got to get out of here. Um, thank shout out to everybody that's that's come through today to watch this. I know the Panthers haven't played a game in over a month, but uh, for some reason the podcast gets bigger and bigger each week as we're out of season. Now, um, we'll be motoring towards the draft. Coaching continues with the coaching hires for the the staff. Uh, any other news, things that come out, and of course we'll we'll keep you updated with what's going on around the league too, because there's gonna be some quarterback musical chairs going on especially in the NFC South. 
there really isn't a, a quarterback in any of these teams in the NFC South. So we'll di- keep an eye on that for you. Derek Carr has been linked to the Saints. I know that uh, he's he's basically they're going to cut him pretty much, right? Like they got to cut him by I think today, tomorrow, something like that. Uh, where they got to pay him like four million dollars. Derek Carr. Raiders. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that man straight up said, "You, you did, you guys bench me. I'm not letting you get anything in return." Yeah, yeah. You have to cut me. So, and he's gonna be able to go pretty much wherever he wants. Uh, I think. And the Raiders was like, out. "Yeah, you right, you right, you right. <laughs> yeah. we'll, 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 we'll back off. We'll back off." <laughs> you don't want to work out. You don't want to work with us here. You don't want to help us give us some money back. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on all that. Aaron Rodgers is scheduled to come out of his cave in the next couple of days, so we'll figure out. If he's going to be back, I, I can't see him not coming back for fifty-eight million dollars for one year, regardless of how he feels. I just don't know if it's going to be in Green Bay. Like it sounds like Green Bay wants to move on, but yeah, you know all that too. So, got a lot to get to. Um, shout out everybody that's commented today. Uh, the, the audio version of this will be on the Believe Podcast Network, all major podcast platforms, in the next couple of hours. The video is always at YouTube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Rate, subscribe. Uh, if you subscribe to the, the YouTube channel, you get a notification for whenever a new episode is going to come up. We try to put them out there a day or two early so you'll be able to prepare and uh, come hang out with us. So for Skylar Callahan, for Jonathan Stewart, I am Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on Believe Podcast Networks, brought to you by betonline.ag. Go get your Believe bonus. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.